Welcome to another edition of I Like to Movie Movie. I am one of the co-hosts, Garrett Smith. And I am one of the co- We are your hosts. Yeah, we hey. We are your hosts, but then I, But I can't say your name then. I can't say like, we are your hosts, Garrett Smith. And, Dan, you know, I want yeah. you to be able to say your name. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I usually do the I am blah, blah, blah. And then I, and I don't know. Whatever. Uh, we're fucking it up. I have trouble with that. Yeah, it's it's. I don't weird. know how to say it. I don't know how to say it either. Because what happened was I, I was petty and I was like, <laughs> I hate when you say I'm your host and this is my co-host because like, we are the co-host. Right. And I think that res- I, I, it, it has resulted in this strange, awkward <laughs> yeah. intro every time because yeah. we don't know how to do it yeah. to, to appease my petty weirdness. <laughs> but um, anywho, we're here. <laughs> we're definitely here. And uh, this week we are uh, talking about uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this because oh, I yeah. uh, it is weird. Well, we're talking about Death Proof, uh, which is uh, one of Tarantino's, I guess, more recent movies overall. His yeah. last three, right? This was post Kill Bill, right? Yeah, this was post Kill Bill, and so yeah, then there was just Inglorious Bastards and uh and uh, and DJ and Ango, D- <laughs> DJ Ango Unchained. Uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm excited about this because Tarantino is a filmmaker we're both uh, big fans of, and uh, this is sort of an odd choice within his uh, catalog. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm interested to talk about it. But before we start talking about it, I did want to introduce, uh, we have a guest here yes. this week. Uh, we uh, Something we're looking forward to doing in the future are uh, guest-curated episodes, which uh, this isn't quite that, but we found uh, someone with an interesting take, interesting opinion on uh, the movie we watched uh, that we brought in. Please welcome Jenna. Hi, I'm Jenna Kersey. Yes, I'm the ladies' eye. Kersey? Yep, yep. I knew a Kersey growing up. Oh, did you? There's I also did. a Paul Kersey There's in Death Wish. Oh. oh, yeah, he's in Death yeah. Wish. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I knew an Alex Kersey. Uh, probably no relation. Mm. I used to use Kersey glue to stick things together. Yeah, I Great. never heard I did that, that one before. Anywho, yeah, right? That's, <laughs> that's probably new. <laughs> that is brand new. Did I mention that my last name sounds like from the X-Files? Um, while while no. I'm mentioning new jokes. Really? My last name is just like Agent like, Scully from the X-Files. Dan, it's Dana. Dana. It's like yeah. one letter off. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God, you know? So, cool. <laughs> so anywho. But we have uh, Death Proof. This is uh, a... <laughs> Death Proof is is a, a cool movie, and I think it's very divisive generally. Yes. I meet a lot of people who dislike it strongly. I meet a lot of people who love it strongly, and mm-hmm. I haven't really met anyone in between. Yeah. And for our first Tarantino, you're right. It's an odd choice, but I think it's a valid choice for those reasons. Well, it's an interesting choice, I think, because mm. uh, I, I think definitely the between the two of us, Jen, I don't know, you can weigh in on, on your side of this. Uh we, I think we have d- varying opinions about uh, which of his movies are his best movies, for sure. Yeah. I, th- I think we do okay. rank them a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this it's still like picking a favorite kid, though. I th- mean, they're yeah. just all so lovable. Oh, they are. Uh, Kill Bill, though. That's, that's, that's yep. where it's at for me. Kill Bill has a sweet spot for me. See, I can't even decidedly come up with myself. Like, yeah. I think my favorite is Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. but I think his objective best is Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I would agree watching with that Death Proof tonight, yeah. I kind of yeah. just want to watch Death Proof again. So yeah. that tells me me something I, I really don't know i i but would it, put this one actually more towards the bottom of my ranking okay. i think overall but that's not to say anything uh negative about the movie his movies yeah, yeah, are all yeah. quite good that's the hardest thing about ranking yeah. them like because i would i would rank uh 
Reservoir Dogs rel- relatively low. Sure. But like that's also easily one of the finest movies I've ever seen mm-hmm. out of all movies. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I just feel it, people take it as derogatory when I rank it low, and it's, it's right. not. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's definitely a thing. Uh, Death Proof exists. It's it's in a weirdly post Tarantino genre. Yes. It's it is of uh, the Grindhouse ilk, but mm-hmm. it's definitely Tarantino. Yes. And it wouldn't it wouldn't exist pre Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs if as a first movie people would have thought this was weird. Oh yeah. Knowing yeah. it's Tarantino, it's it has a stamp that allows mm-hmm. you to look at it with a certain lens. Yeah, well, and it, I mean, it, the other thing is this movie you do have to kind of I mean this is weird to say but you have to qualify it a little bit because it was part of sort of a bigger project. It it wasn't it wasn't made because he had this like story he was dying to tell or some you know what I mean yeah uh, this was part of a project called uh, Grindhouse actually mm-hmm. uh, that he I, I'm sure anybody listening to this knows this but it, uh, he and Robert Rodriguez wanted to do a throwback to 70s B filmmaking mm-hmm. uh, and so they each made their own version of that cut them sort of together as a double feature uh, had a bunch of great directors make some fake trailers to set in front of it and released it as like a big like I don't know was it like three and a half hours total? I mean yeah, it was played as a double like feature. Yeah, yeah. It was a double feature. It had a gag inter- intermission. It had the trailers. Yeah. So it was just like if you go to a a grindhouse event. Yes. But it was just at your mainstream movie theaters. And right. for that salutes yeah. all the way around. And then released some of the trailers as their own movies as they well. That's true. Indeed. Yeah. They Over franchised the Machete. And Machete is now a franchise. Was it with the shotgun originally one uh, of those trailers? I yeah. don't was it or on no, it was the a, um, movie? I don't think it was on the movie. Because I, I don't remember that. that they had, yeah, it was and it was like the winner of the contest to be featured in the trailers. Okay. But then I don't think it was actually one of the trailers, like in the yeah, original I can't, cut. I can't remember if it was actually in either. it or not. All right, well, let's let's go over them. There was Eli Roth did Thanksgiving. Yep, which is um, a, that's an awesome trailer. That is an awesome trailer. Yeah. My favorite was Edgar Wright's Don't Don't. Yeah, Don't. <laughs> there was the Wolf Woman of the SS that yeah, was Rob which Zombies, Rob Zombie. which I thought yeah. was shit. Yeah, um, uh, Machete. Uh, machete, which yeah. is. And we all have opinions on yes. that. What's worth talking about? Not I that. love Machete. Yeah, I do too. It's pretty badass. Yeah. When he leaps out of the window holding the guy's intestines oh, yeah, and they to have swing to the under, the, the level below it to kill another guy, it's amazing. Well, and the thing, that's, uh, the thing that I love about that in particular is that a doctor, for no reason at all, gives him the fact that uh, a man's bowels are like 12 feet long. Yeah, yeah. Like he just, for no reason at all, gives him that fact. And then 10 seconds later, he's using that to his advantage. Because Absolutely. He yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's hilarious to me. Well, it's the same way that James Bond, they're like, here it is, a uh, pen that shoots... Ice. Yeah. Am I like, ever why would you ever this? need that? And then ten minutes later, it's just like, oh, I've got to get some ice right now yeah. in small pen-shaped amounts. Oh, <laughs> perfect! I have this pen ice dispenser. <laughs> Thanks, Mister. I, I couldn't come up with anything better on the on the spot. I'm no <laughs> Q. I'm no Q. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't. I think. I can't remember if Hobo with a Shotgun ended up being on it or not, but it was part I of a contest. I don't think it was in it, but I, it certainly reeks of being related. Yeah, well, it, well, I know it was. It was a contest yeah. Rodriguez and Tarantino were doing for people to do their own B-movie trailers, and they would fund one to become a movie. Yeah. Uh, and, th- and it it's won awesome. and, and became a movie, and it's a great <laughs> movie. It's, it's awesome. But anyway, so the, the reason I'm saying all of that is because you do have to qualify Death Proof in the sense that it was part of a project where he was trying to make a very particular kind of movie. Uh, which I think is one of the things that does make this succeed as a movie movie. I always find like it uh, quality to me 
doesn't always necessarily mean that like all the acting is great and all the effects are great and you know and all the shots are incredible. Mm. Sometimes quality is a movie achieving what it sets out to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because you sometimes that's not the point. Exactly. A hundred percent of the way that I review movies is: Did the creative team succeed at fulfilling their vision? Yes. And then from there, you can say whether you personally liked it or not. Right. But to call it a successor, you know, there's plenty of movies that I dislike that I think are well-made movies. Yeah. And yeah. Such. And this is definitely a movie that is born of novelty. Yes. And it knows that. Yes. And so I think with that lens, you can find there's a ton of quality. Oh, there. there's a lot yeah. of quality of this movie, I think. Uh, and I, let's let's talk about that, like some of the components of this that I think are so interesting and make it a movie movie. For one thing, it's a, it's mostly a female cast. Oh, absolutely. Uh, which is, even in a Tarantino movie, kind of an interesting thing. Kill Bill is the only one I can think of otherwise. Jackie Brown. Like, oh, Jackie Brown as well. Yeah. That's right, yes. Uh Female focus. So I guess he's actually kind of split down the middle, if you think about it. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, what's weird is for a filmmaker to be, uh, and actually, Inglorious Bastards follows uh, a main female character for one of its absolutely, acts. but she's like the sole female character in the movie. Well, there's uh, uh, oh, what's her name uh, in the basement Hammersmark. scene? Yeah, Von, Von Hammersmark. Hammersmark. Yeah, but either way, uh, uh, we we talked about the the silly Bechdel test. Yes. You know, that's not necessarily a great gauge for quality, but it's certainly no. a good uh, a thought experiment. <laughs> yes. and, and, you know, and it says a lot and it, it's something that needs to be said. But for a filmmaker like Tarantino, your knee jerk reaction would be like, he makes films for dudes yeah. about blood exploding and pussy tits. And it's just, <laughs> you know, dumb shit. But then when you look at it and realize that they're actually some of the more culturally aware mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the, the female perspective, which I can't commentate on, but... Uh, I question yeah. you, Jenna. How I'm you, actually how really you interested in your opinion on it because I think there's a couple of things in this movie <laughs> that make me very uncomfortable. Really? And I'm not sure what they, like... Like uncomfortable because you're a dude? No, uncomfortable because Just I'm like, how? no, like how does this... Because uh, I feel like in his mind he's making a movie where he's like, oh, this is like about the empowerment of women. Uh, but I, there's a lot of stuff in this movie where I'm like... I don't know if I buy that if you're doing this. I don't know this. if that's his intention to the empowerment yeah. of women. His intention of this movie is to say, how cool is stunts? Yeah. You know, and like, let's let's not use computers all the time. I, I feel like that was Yeah, more but his it's thing. a real statement to have uh, both sets of characters in this be entirely fem group, like entirely groups of is females. Is it a statement or is it because Grindhouse movies sold tickets because of boobs? Uh, uh, there's, I mean, yeah, there's but, so many movies from no the seventies. There's 70s. no boobs in this movie, though. Uh, but I mean, like, if he wanted that he's riffing off of, there are tons. Oh, yeah, but that's course. what I'm saying. If he yeah, wanted yeah. to do that and riff on that, he would have done that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's not like there's anything that was holding him back from doing that. It was already an R-rated movie. Right. Yeah. yeah he could have been doing that if that's what he wanted to comment on easily and without yeah. even pushing any. Yeah. Sort of like exactly. Rating or anything like that. Yeah. So like, I I don't know if I I buy that necessarily. I do feel like there's something in him that's like, because he in all of his movies he's got some sort of like. There's always a female that's like. Uh, talks in a way that female characters wouldn't in a movie and, and has a, a little more agency than female characters would in a movie. They all kind of speak like like men. Yes. Which is super interesting. But in this movie... In well, they're written by a man. Right, yeah. but like that doesn't always happen because like to take a literary example like Chuck Palahniuk I knew you were going there I know yes. but he yeah. writes Invisible Monsters he Invisible writes Invisible Monsters yeah. he writes from a female perspective but yeah. he's a gay man so he feels like he has a certain authority to that You're right Quentin Tarantino was not a gay He's man. a very affluent white man. Right. And if you look at Jackie Brown, he speaks uh, about blacks. Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, Death Proof, you could say he speaks about women. Yeah. He goes into uh, Jews. In a, mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you look at all of his movies, it's weird just 
to say this, but all of his movies are about movies. Yes, right. they um, are. They are about movies. Yeah. You know, he made a war movie. He made yeah. a grindhouse movie. To, he to made your, all of that. You I know? think to your point, at the end of the day, that probably is most of his reasoning for there be, this being such a female central mm. movie is that was a big thing in 70s B movies was like these all female casts yeah. and the whole idea is they just beat the shit out of somebody that tried oh, yeah. to rape They wore them. tiny shorts and yeah. they did badass right. stuff that yeah. dudes do. Yeah. But, you know, that that dudes don't do, but dudes in movies do. Right. But uh, a lot of playwrights do that too, though, when they're trying to like, um, oh, so for listeners, I am an actress and a director. Um Oh so yeah, that's, that's probably important to yeah, know. That's so that's important references. To know, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've you know studied a lot of this sort of stuff. Yeah, but pull up into that mic. He, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so a lot of playwrights also when they're writing for like a large female centered play, if there are two groups of females. They'll write super male based just uh-huh. so that it sounds like female empowerment, but it just doesn't. It's not like, hey, we're a feminist and right. like, this is our story. <laughs> right. Fuck men. They're so terrible. How do you feel about the movie Spice World? <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. I bought it for 50 cents at a yard sale. And yeah. It's fantastic. He paid twice as um, much as you <laughs> As I should have. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, he doesn't write to write female empowerment movies. Right. He just writes female characters that right. you can relate to, kind of. Yes. But not really, because even these two groups of women are like the same group. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Twice. Yes. <laughs> so. What's weird is when it divides from the first group of girls to the second group of girls, uh, very little time has passed. I mean, right. we could presume less than a year. Right. In terms I think of it Kurt says Russell's 14 recovery. months, actually. Does it say 14 yeah. months? Yeah. And then, um, but it, it, it's, they just are the same girls, but they seem decidedly 30 years more modern. Right. And it, and even though it takes even place at the same Even the style is time, completely different. He takes like, away the film grain oh, yeah. and gives it more of his, yeah, like, it's more like, steady oh, yeah, hands. It's, it's 70s versus 80s. He's got that hot pink versus, shirt yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so I'm curious, like, what, like, your, your opinion is of the depiction of women in this movie. Because I, I don't know, I think uh, on one hand, I'm like fascinated by it because I'm like, oh, th- these are like the, I'm, they're very relatable characters because to some extent they do talk like men. So yeah. for me, it's like, oh, they're, these are like very relatable women. You know what I mean? Uh, but on the other hand, there's like a scene where they abandon their friend with a redneck l- almost <laughs> literally to allow him to rape her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Because they're That's also like, they're like, oh, well, we're like, you know, like motorheads, you know, like yeah. you don't understand because yeah, exactly. you're a lady yeah. and like, but we work on cars. Yeah. So like, this is our movie now yeah, yeah, yeah. because we're the male protagonist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. So here we go. We're going to leave our little like Percy friend that dresses up in the cheerleader yeah. outfit because she's hot. Yeah. Because she's an actress. Yeah. And like, and a makeup that, artist girl sit in the back seat. Up. Yeah. Because <laughs> she is a cheerleader and that's the only reason they set that aside is she's famous. Exactly. Yeah. She's a famous actress. She's so a famous actress. She dresses in a cheerleader outfit. But so we're going to leave her to get, you know, to suck your dick. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because we're motorheads. Yeah, that I that like that's the one thing in this movie. Every time I'm like, I don't like this. Like this really. Thing, well, in this, the first this version, this bolsters my point in terms of it's about movies because they're motorheads, but they're motorheads because they're stuntmen. Right. They're stuntmen right. who make movies. She's an actress. She's in a cheerleader film. Yeah. There's nothing more '70s than that. Yep. Cheerleaders nowadays is bring it on six 3D to the streets. It's it's <laughs> yeah, dumb yeah. shit. But like you know. Uh, cheerleaders back in the day was like, oh, they're all going to get stabbed with knives and dicks and it's going to be fun to watch. Chase through the woods. They're always the first one to die exactly. or the mm-hmm. last one to die because they're the virgin or like blah, blah, They're blah, either blah. the slut of the virgin. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, but it's, you know, it's about movies. It's about the stunt work and it was just, uh, 
to me it was it was less of a commentary of women in movies and more of a commentary of women in the business of film. Yeah, but even I see it as two different movies within the same movie as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. because um uh like in the first half of it they're all kind of dressed like dudes too. They yeah, all have, I like, guess that's true. Little t-shirts and like pants on. Yeah, I always I wear my tiny t-shirts and my mini <laughs> well, hot I pants. Mean, <laughs> but still, like saying, the though, most masculine yeah. version of a sexy woman yeah, that you yeah, can yeah. get in those films. Yeah. They're all dressed like mm-hmm. that. Well, I mean, the one character is literally Jungle Julia. Right. right. The idea is that she's like got these sort of like features that are almost not feminine. Super tall. She's always been yeah. super she's tall. Ethnic, yeah. And she's black. Yeah. yeah. So she's Sydney Poitier's daughter. <laughs> That's named fact. Sydney Poitier. <laughs> named Sydney Poitier. Just yeah. like George just Foreman and his kids. They're all named yeah. George. Yep. They are. That is a fact. Even a the sad ladies. Sad fact. You know, the girls are all named Grill. <laughs> <laughs> and the grills are all named Girl. Save the fat, like <laughs> trimmed out of them, yeah. <laughs> no, but you're right though. They they are a much more masculine group and they're yes. doing the the college road trip thing. They're they're broing out. They're yeah. getting drunk. Yep. They're drinking Because even if they're, they're talking about guys, they're talking about like sleeping with them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then if you look at the guys in and the scene, he's like, mm, I want to make out on your car. And she's yeah. like, and she's Stop like, whining. you have five I'm minutes. Tell you like, how it no, is. and my hair better not fucking get wet. Yeah. And so, I, and what I think is cool about that is it's a very masculine approach to her character, but yeah. she's still extremely feminine. Yes. Right. Because her whole thing is watch the hair, respect what I'm doing. I think she's my favorite character in the movie. I would hands down yeah. agree. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, besides Stuntman Mike. Stuntman, yes. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. the man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and actually, I like Zoe Bell's character a lot too. I oh, think yeah. they're the two uh, most interesting characters. In the I but they're also Zoe like Bell the strongest yes. and, and physically strongest as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Like, I like not the girl the driving thing. in the the second half. I, I can't like think of her girl. name. Oh, Wanda man. Sykes. She's oh, yeah. great. Yeah, Wanda Sykes. <laughs> yeah. Skinny Wanda Sykes. She's great. Female Dave Chappelle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dave Chappelle. L. <laughs> Dave Chappelle. Or, no, no. That's Devine, not the way no. That works. Either way, that bitch Cray. And <laughs> she is, she's like probably my other favorite character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all so good. Well, her, I actually thought her and Zoe Bell's like chemistry on, stre- on screen together was like really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, a, a lot of their interactions were like super entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- I mean, that's one of the highlights of this movie is the dialogue. Of all of Tarantino's movies, this one might actually be the most dialogue heavy, maybe other than Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, I think I it's think the most theatrical. Less to the movie in general. Right. So, I mean, it all anchors around the big stunt piece at the end and the yes. little gore piece in the middle. Yep. So it really hinges on the dialogue. So yeah. whereas like an Inglorious Bastards is so dialogue based, yeah. it has the background of World War Two, yeah, the exactly. Holocaust happening. Whereas this is just this is two days in the life of Stuntman Mike mm-hmm. that cross paths with these women that that are our audience surrogates, right. you know, essentially. So it's a uh, it's a smaller stage, so it seems more dialogue heavy. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, but I, th- I mean, that's one of the joys of this script. I think it is all of that dialogue, because mm-hmm. uh, because e- a lot of it is just like hanging out dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a lot of it's like totally pointless. Which yeah, it if you ever try and write anyway. hanging out dialogue, that's the hardest shit to exactly. write. Exactly. If you've got a scene to to end, yeah. at least you know where you're going. You can fix it in editing. Yeah. But if you have a scene that you're just trying to dilly dally and kill time without it being worthless, right? That's impossible. Yeah. And one of the the downsides of of the Grindhouse movies, which I think is one of their strengths, is they're defined by their their limitations. Mm -hmm. Whereas Tarantino has every resource imaginable. When you look back and you have like a Larry Cohen, they don't have everything. So they have to really milk the creativity. I mean, that's what that's what made Jaws what it was. Yeah. You know, 
Spielberg was younger than me. He didn't have the money to do mm-hmm. it. And uh, so these limitations would define the movie. And so to see a movie like this that has that setup of, we've built this amazing stunt piece, let's write a movie around it. Yeah. You know, I think he captured that in a way that wasn't worthless or cheap. Right. And that's that's strong dialogue. Well, it's I mean, it's one of the things that he's done with his entire career is just like look for all of these great little moments in otherwise kind of shitty things mm. and then find ways to bring those great moments into something that's actually like you can invest yourself in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is basically what he did with this. He like he... More than any other movie he's made, he legitimately tried to make an actual B movie, but still give it enough meat that you could invest yourself in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's like how it's probably most successful is that it manages to really feel like a B movie and not even a particularly good one, <laughs> but still be highly entertaining the entire time. And I think that's what that also is its biggest downfall. Yeah, because a lot of people that I've talked to that have seen the whole Grindhouse thing go, "Oh, Planet Terror was insane." Right. Death Proof was kind of lame. Yeah. And so there's the argument that Death Proof could go first, mm-hmm. and and I, I can I can validate that in my head. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, whereas Planet Terror was a movie informed by the '70s, yeah, Death Proof could have easily you you lift out every cell phone shot and you couldn't tell the difference if right. it was made now or back in the day. Especially that first half. Oh yeah, and exactly, and the I, second half does update. I love the first half. I, I like do too. it so much better than the second half. Yeah, uh, it feels more raw. That's, yeah, that's know, why it, I like it. It's so undercooked, much. and that's what gives it its charm mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. yeah, the I mean, the second half is very much centered around the set piece. Oh yeah, uh, and and to be honest though, I think maybe my f- uh, one of my favorite things in the movie, uh, it's not the best thing in the second half. That's what I was about to say. But the car chase is clearly the best thing about the second half. Uh, is that diner scene? He he always has great diner scenes. Oh uh, yeah, you know, in awesome a bunch of his movies, he's got great diner. His scenes. career was literally launched with a diner scene. Yeah, that was the first moment right there. And uh, I don't know how long did that camera swirl around that table for like a great conversation with great acting without I would ever cutting. To say three to five minutes. Yeah, of just yeah, it's like a solid five minutes. Yep. Camera doesn't cut, and it's just like like some of the best acting in the movie for like five straight minutes. Mm. Hyper theatrical, yeah. yeah like well, that's so the question good. I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. I anytime I've ever done any sort of, I'm gonna for the listeners at home, I'm doing air quotes. Uh, anytime I've done any sort of acting, that was the air quotes parts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been with a camera there generally, and one of the hardest things for me to do is not acknowledge the camera. <laughs> and so I imagine that if it's standing still and I can't not look at it, when it's swooping around a scene like that and doing a lot of technical things, to watch them avoid it naturally seems impossible to me, and I admire that. How does that affect you? Oh, you just can't pay attention to it. You literally have to just be like, this is my intention, and that's what every... S- if you look at all of those actresses in that scene, they're like, this is my intention, this is my dialogue, like, I am on stage. Mm-hmm. This camera is not a thing. It's the same thing if you're on stage. There's an audience right there. So you have to continue listening to your person on stage. But there's an audience right in front of you. And I think that's what uh, the cool thing about Death Proof is, is that it it comments on being a movie without actually like, oh, here's a take to the camera because it's swooping around me. Mm. Like you are hyper aware of that being in your face, but you just can't let it get to you yeah. and that's a very b-movie thing too is that like i feel like just a flick of my eye would catch it i wouldn't be able but to but then it would turn that. into a parody immediately exactly and that's how you that's how you make it a parody yeah. we can't have that right you know not for something like death proof okay right. yeah because that's the thing he he's doing that thing that like edgar wright is so good at uh which is like trying to get it to exist as an entry in the genre mm-hmm. as opposed to be like a real parody of the yeah, genre exactly you know what i mean because there are things that like 
they'd say a line and be like, ah, that's terrible. And yeah. so be movie in such a parody of yes. that. Or even like all the feet shots too. Or, yes. or uh, stu- I mean, especially, I want to say the last, like, mm. yeah, the last like 10 minutes, the way uh, Kurt Russell performs as stuntman Mike is so over the top. And so clearly supposed to be like a comment on that kind of movie oh, yeah. and like what you know oh, you would just the classic villain that you're was like cast i'm a villain oh i got the, hurt he's like ah. the producer's friend exactly yeah, like, yeah, ah, yeah, we'll yeah. Get him. and so all he knows how to do is just i'm gonna mug real hard exactly. and then he's losing like, oh, i'm gonna freak out yes and he, he milks that yes exactly. that's beautiful yeah. yeah the producer's like hey i got this guy he's got a great head of hair uh-huh. yeah. and like this he weird gave scar us a thousand so let's bucks. throw him in the thing yeah <laughs> yep. And we won't have to hire a stuntman because he is a stuntman. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So let's just write a movie around him. Yeah, yeah. But lucky for us, the cheap stuntman producer's brother, Kurt motherfucking Russell. <laughs> what? Exactly. He's so great in this movie. I He is like such a... I, I actually feel like this movie would totally fall apart if it wasn't for his performance. Now, he wasn't the original choice. I, I read this today, and I, I'm going to look it up right now. I forget who it was. Oh, I'm interested to um, know. Well, the same way that it, it's amazing, like with uh, Kill Bill, uh-huh. Bill was going to be Warren Beatty. Oh, yeah. And Warren Beatty had a scheduling conflict, mm-hmm. and he said to Tarantino, I love this script. Yeah. I think, what about David Carradine? He did Kung Fu. How funny oh, is that? yeah, 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 yeah. And then Tarantino said, you know what? I should talk to him. Yeah. Beatty's like, I know him. And that Boom. is. And then we have this iconic performance. Oh, my God. Yeah. From a man who eventually died while masturbating. Yep. And so. <laughs> we, we, uh, Shortly thereafter, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very right. shortly yeah. thereafter, he became uh, he became big, and then boom. But uh, someone oh, else was supposed to play stuntman <laughs> Mike. But I, I was saying, and and I forget who mentioned. It was this. a great description of his death, by the way. He became big, and then boom. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if we can distill Pretty it down solid, to the yeah. bare essentials, yeah. that says it. He became big, and then uh, well, it wouldn't be big, and then boom. It would be big, and then. <clears throat> and well, then no, the boom. boom. The boom is what happens after the. Oh right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I I really enjoy watching Kurt Russell because he's an actor that actually can act. He's an actor that can actually do a wink and the nod at the camera. And with things like Death Proof, he can ride the line. And I always like him as an action hero, as a Snake Plissken or uh-huh. a, what was the name, Jack? Uh, uh, Jack Burton? Jack Burton. <laughs> Jack Burton. <laughs> yep. Because you wouldn't get this from, I feel like there's such an ego amongst leading men that they'd want to have their hero, but they wouldn't want to have any jokes at their expense. You brought up Bruce Willis, which is Bruce a Willis is a great that, example. Think, yeah. And uh, Kurt Russell, he can do the thing where there's not a lot of jokes at his expense. Right. He still plays it like I'm a crazy drunk and fuck aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, at the same time, you know, you watch... One of the his superpower essentially in Big Trouble in Little China is that he's really good at accidentally winning. Yeah, yeah. You know, he gets himself in the trouble and then whoops, but he he plays it in a way that that's so at the expense of his own you know, ego. Yeah, and I I think that's what made him make Death Proof so brilliant. Oh, I agree. because uh, he really really like he just plays he plays with all of his scenes so much. Like he get there's a lot of like. In one scene, a lot of ups and downs for mm-hmm. from him. I feel like he really like uh, that one scene where he's doing the John Wayne impression is so great, it's so good uh, because it's because that's the it's with the book, right? He's got the, uh-huh. the he's thing got with the book. Like, date yeah, book. Uh, and so that starts with him reading her the poem, right? Does, mm-hmm. Isn't that he when recites he, it? Yeah, he yeah, recites yeah. the poem. He so kind of like, surprised her with it because he creeps up right. on him a little bit, and then you know you realize oh he knows exactly who she is oh yeah <laughs> and so he's got that that starts with that very like sort of like low tone like he's trying to be a little bit sexy and like kind of like get that across and then eventually builds to him doing this like 
very bizarre, like John Wayne impression <laughs> yeah. as he's You're explaining all right something in my that's pretty book. creepy, but it still comes off charming somehow. He really like hits a lot of different notes throughout his performances yeah, as awesome. character just within one scene. It's like it's really, really fun to watch. But that's like all we get of him too. Exactly. And like you get that scene. And that's really the only time he talks at any length. Yeah, we don't, we don't well, get any of his motivation as to why no, he does it. Sort of, it's just a kick you see for him. The, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's it gotta be. Yeah, it's like a hypersexualized thing. Even when, when thing. they first shoot him, and he just does the like, "All right, ladies, it was fun, but I gotta bounce." Yeah. And then he's they, like, you know, "Oh, that hurt, him. but nice." But yeah. like, even like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice shot, lady. Um, but even I don't know, just the fact that he like. He drives with one hand and his other hand's always like down by his lap. It's, Whoa, like, what a great observation. Hypersexualized and yeah. weird. What was that? And, like, I was reading he a always, um He drives with one hand at all times and his other hand, like his dominant hand is always on his lap. Mm, that's true. He doesn't two-hand it. No. Maybe what? it was cold because I know when I when I drive and it's cold, my, <laughs> my other hand, hand always goes in your, your crotch because it is the warmest part of your body. It's but, a natural heater. But like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is a great observation. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. Th- I mean, I think that is the only motivation there. It has to uh, be. Yeah. Um, which is one of the things that I do think it, I could see why people would not be terribly interested in this movie because something this movie is not concerned with is motivations for anyone. No, for any not other. at all. It's if like they built a movie around a stunt. Yep. They, yeah. Well, they do a poem to you, and then you're going to do a lap dance because yep. this is the way that it has to be. Because yeah, the, exactly. the audience at home wants to see this lap yep. dance. And right. then in the theatrical cut, which was cut to be more fitting into a two-movie structure, yeah. didn't have the, the yeah, lap dance. Yeah, they cut dance. that out. And what's funny about that is Which was a nice joke that, in, the, in that cut. Well, it works yeah, with I a lot of like that cut better. The... They were reel-to-reel. They're on 35 millimeter. Yep. They've passed through hands. Yep. You play it at one theater, and they say, no, 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 that scene yeah. can't fly. Let's cut it out. It moves to another town. Guess what? That scene's lost forever. Yep. So when that scene starts, and everyone's all charged up, and then it's like, scene missing. Yep. And you get the, aw. Yep. That sucks, but that's 100% part of the experience. <laughs> but uh, this is interesting here. This is IMDb, so the, uh, the facts aren't always legit. But it says right here in the trivia for Death Proof, a scene was cut showing stuntman Mike masturbating in his flipped over car after the first crash. Whoa. It was deemed unnecessary since the following scene would have Texas Ranger Earl McGraw explain to the audience that it was a sexual fetish for stuntman Mike to do right. this. Yeah. Which I don't know whether I believe that or not, but I'm inclined to simply because that scene with the uh, uh, Earl McGraw. Yeah. Is kind of arbitrary. Yes, you know it's it's one of those just it, it's almost a filler because they never come back. Well, one they're of the, gone after that. I feel like that's one of those things that Tarantino likes to do, where like for uh, for one thing, it's Michael Parks, mm. and one of the I don't know if you know Michael Parks' history in Hollywood. Oh, now I do. Ever since I finished Twin Peaks, yeah, he I realized that oh, not only is he great in this, but he's been great in every movie I've ever seen until. Oh no no no! I mean Twin specifically Peaks. his history in Hollywood. He was blacklisted for like twenty five years. Yeah. I did not know that. Uh, he worked with a director that did not like him, and essentially got him completely taken out of what? rotation as an actor people would work with. Do you know who that was? Uh, I can't remember, and it's someone you would know. That's crazy, because he's a really good actor. Yes. I mean, he does characters yeah. dead on. Uh, so uh, Tarantino was sort of his return to film. Uh, Tarantino knew him from... He was on a show back in the day called... Um, uh, uh, what is it called? Like w- Welcome Home Bronson or something like that. Something Bronson. Uh, and uh, oh, Tarantino knew him from that, and... Uh, and really liked him, and so he started putting him in. Mo- they put him in. Um, I think one of the first things they put him in was actually uh, from *Dust Till Dawn*. 
he plays, again, the same cop character. So not only is this one of those instances of Tarantino just being like, oh, this is my friend that I really like, so I'm going to throw him into this movie, which he does with like Eli Roth all the time and a couple other people. Right. Uh, I mean, he did the same thing. Travolta was dying, yes. and then Pulp oh, yeah. Fiction resurrected him. You know, he... This is more specifically, though, he gave Travolta like a meaty role where it was like, this will be the resurgence of Travolta. This is more specifically people like Eli Roth and um, uh, Michael Parks, where he like he literally he clearly is writing roles for them, even if they I'm don't about to make blow sense your mind. in the movie. Guess what uh, Michael Parks' character's name was in From Dust Till Dawn? What? Texas Ranger Earl McGraw. I was they cross into the same universe. That's actually what I was about to say, is that the second part <laughs> of this is that not only does he love to throw him in his movies, even if it doesn't make sense to get him in there, he that cop character has been in like three or four different Tarantino movies. That's Definitely. awesome. Yeah. This is wild. I mean, and it's wild. There, there is a definite gap here because like uh, Michael Parks' last... Uh, like he does some TV with Twin Peaks to 91. Yeah. And then it's all these straight to video movies that jump around from, uh, you know, 94 till uh, Dust Till Dawn in 96. And then he's just in everything. Yeah. Yep. Well, he's I mean, he's just that's a cream rises to the top scenario. Am I? Well, just point it more at your mouth. OK. And you're um, like talking over it, so uh, <laughs> mm, I'm talk below it. Yeah. Uh, no, um, he's just a good character actor. Oh, he's great. You know, he really, really. I don't realize when he's in movies because I don't realize it's him. That's how good he is. That's the best. But honestly, the only thing I don't like about Michael Parks is something about his voice makes it impossible to hear in every movie he's in. <laughs> That's true. Well, I think the sound on Death Proof was meant to be a little echoey and off. Yeah, yeah. It has that old, like, we're just blasting this on some... Uh, I have no idea for how long, but my microphone might have been off. Really? Because <laughs> oh, you've made some good points. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure you're still heard. Yep. We'll fix it later or something. We guys want to start over. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> welcome to I Like to Movie Movie. I am a c host. Co I don't know what to say. Christ. I don't know. I'll have to listen back <laughs> to it to find out how, how bad that was. <laughs> but um, okay. Sorry, yeah. I met Michael Parks' thing here. I can't find who it was that it was originally supposed to be Stuntman Mike. Interesting. But, uh, I feel I, like I remember hearing that as well. well uh, I'll keep researching. Yeah, but I, I don't remember. Uh, he just that performance is great. He's so so fun. But the other thing, uh, the bit—I mean, the big thing to talk about this movie, what makes it so much of a movie movie, is the stunt sequence at the end. Uh, that is them throwing everything they have uh, up on the screen in one of the most entertaining yes. car chases I've ever seen. <laughs> and the funny thing is, it's not like the best car chase you'll ever see in the sense that, like, it's not like the French Connection where it's like through some city streets with some really exciting like angles and things they can do with the cars. Right. It's on a country road, which is a very, which is definitely a very seventies car chase thing. Uh, but that's like so uninteresting overall. If you think about but it, there's not even just, like, yeah, there's, there's like no not traffic, a jump. There's no, there's no cars. traffic. Oh, there's, there's no a jump. Explosions. There is a well, jump. There's one jump. There's two jumps. But like whatever. <laughs> but I that's mean. what I was about to say. Like, is through that a building. <laughs> there's no yeah, big yeah. set pieces. <laughs> right. yeah. so it's generally open because the showcase isn't the cars. It's the stunt. Yep. It's right. just, uh, what do they call it? Road. Ship's mast? It's ship's mast. Yeah, ship's mast. Ship's exactly. Man. What I think is so cool about this is uh, Tarantino likes to flex his muscles. Yes. And so this feels like one of those where it was, eh, I'm only making half of a movie. Yep. Let's really flex our muscles on this. Yeah. And there is some really, really impressive camera work. 
separate from the stunt entirely. Oh yeah, you know she's hanging on for dear life, and there there's no harness to be seen. Mm-mm. You know any sort of safety precaution that's there is either minimal or invisible. Yes, or just not there and at it, all. It was shot supposedly at like sixty miles an hour or higher and it, it for most shows. of the car scenes. Yeah. It really shows, and and that was originally what what took me out of things like the Fast and Furious series yeah. is that they were all CGI cars. <laughs> yep. Fast Five brought me back. Real cars, real people, real stunts. Yep. This here is, you know, they're not throwing a, a, a car into a train and then a train off a bridge and then it lands on a rocket and flies to space. It's <laughs> none of that. It's stuff that you can almost believe that you could actually do, but you'd have to be crazy to do it. Yeah. And so to successfully numb our expectations from need for speed and fast and the furious cars flying everywhere willy nilly yep. to temper those expectations and then, you know, really beef it up with some supreme stunt work yeah. is is a very difficult line to walk mm-hmm. and this movie is anchored upon walking that line perfectly and so I that's where my positive review comes from is that that line was towed in a way that was flawless and if there was even a, a tiny flaw it would have been garbage yeah it, it worked it's uh, the thing that's so impressive to me is that Zoe Bell has been such a famous stunt woman for so long and has never really been given the opportunity to actually like act in front of the camera and she's so great. She's so good. She was so watchable. I don't know what it was about her to me, but I was like, she is the only person in this movie that seems like a real person to me. Oh, like, yeah. She is so... Well, she is the only one that's billed as herself. That's true. Yeah, that is true. So, Very true. Yeah. We also do tend to give her the foreign accent uh, buffer zone. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> there is that... Uh, in Arrested Development, the British woman that yep. no one knows is retarded because... Yep. Spoiler alert. Because they just forgive her because she has a cute British accent. Yep. I feel like that does affect me to, to some way about Zoe Bell. Yeah. Not knocking her. I love her. I but I really, really liked her in this movie like a lot. She was super fun to watch. She was charismatic. Yeah. She felt like she was friends with them. Yep. And you know, and she was hardcore badass. Yeah. And she's oh. just like having a great time that too. Scene oh, where yeah. She, yeah totally. like, this is what it's I so do. Tangible. Yeah. yeah. When she picks up that fucking pipe and then just oh, straddles so the good. side of the car. <laughs> oh, yeah. As if she's going to fucking off. joust him. <laughs> All right, I found it. Yeah. And they're interesting because one makes sense to me and one doesn't. And also because it doesn't kind of make sense. Yeah. But uh, the original choices, according to Hollywood.com, for uh, Stuntman Mike were Mickey Rourke. Okay. Which I can almost Love see him. being similar. Yeah. yeah. And Ving Rhames, which I almost want to see. Yeah. Um, cause that doesn't seem right, but I, right. I feel like he would just knock it out of the park. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about, I feel like what you would get with Ving Rhames would be that like very, um, like monotone, slow performance that he gives, mm. which would probably lend a little more of a horror element to it, which I feel like is supposed to be at the center of this movie, but absolutely doesn't always come off. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell is so charismatic it, it's awesome. it's, it's oh, like he's, he's cartoony. Yeah, Without he's like doubt. he's not actually that scary. I don't know. If not that at all. Sense. He's like your uncle that yeah. like is the giving you a ride. more cold? scary than yeah. he is. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. even when he does the whole, uh, you know, you going right or you going left? I'm yeah. going right. Ha. Ah. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, because I'm going left. Yeah, and there was a fifty-fifty. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you could have waited until you got scared, yeah. but you're going to have to start getting scared immediately. He delivers that in such a way that it's it's jovial and comical yeah. to watch. But meanwhile, you do feel her fear because if you oh, were in yeah. that situation, you'd be like, well, fuck, I'm yeah, with a psychopath. And the thing I like about him playing it that way is he is supposed to be old Hollywood, right? Yeah, like That's absolutely. one of the things that he talks about mm-hmm. is like, you know. I think he legitimately oh, is real about his persona. Like he was a stuntman, you know. Right. There's exa- no lie there. I, right, I like right. No, no, no. I agree with that. I mean more like he, 
uh, he's supposed to be old Hollywood. Like he talks, he talks at one point about like, oh, everything's done with CGI now. Back back when we had to just do it ourselves, we did it all with practical effects and stuff. I like, I feel like his cavalier attitude is very much more like the idea of um, he he. It's old Hollywood. It's like it's like yeah, baby, come on. It's the come to the big picture show. Oh, it's a We're gonna put it on. You know what yeah. I mean. Uh, so like, whereas Ving Rhames, I think probably would have given it that like horror performance. Like he probably flew in from Kentucky about, and yeah. in my arms tied. Yeah, Play exactly. me off, Johnny. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what he's doing. Cause and like that, also crashes that, his car into a cliff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, uh, that dialogue is very scary that you just, you mm. know, that scene that you were just describing, that's very scary dialogue, but the way he delivers it is. Not necessarily that scary. It's oh, more he showy. It like showy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. So, so it's interesting because uh, who knows how it was actually written, but I actually like that choice that he makes for mm-hmm. that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think it fits the idea of stuntman Mike. You know? And it, it fits into, like, we're lucky because we're watching a good actor play right. this character. This is an actor that really would have been played by the producer's brother. And it, it's it's insane. As, as many times as I go to some sort of grindhouse event, I'm always blown away by the villains. Yeah. Because it's weird how many of the modern tropes that we've seen turned into gravitas by good actors mm-hmm. are really based on these ridiculous Tex Avery villains yeah. that, that people just did because they weren't actors. They were just cheaper than the actors. Yeah. And so for us to get a, an actor who is, you know, pretty legendary to really add some meat to this character, but also get that about it, that it's mm-hmm. that it's a cartoon. It, it it really makes for some interesting choices, oh, yeah. and I th- I think I wouldn't trade Kurt Russell for anybody. No, no, no. Although no. I would pay a hundred and fifty dollars to see it with <laughs> Ving Rhames right now, one time. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. <laughs> I feel like he could play that goofy stuff though too. He probably could. Um, like when he's in the car and he's no, no, and yeah, he's screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would definitely do it with a more urban uh, uh, edge <laughs> to it, you know, like that sort of humor. Yeah, and. Uh, which I think would also be very valid, but yeah. that would also, I think, as a result, toe the line into Jackie Brown territory, sure. where he's trying to uh, update the uh, black exploitation cinema. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a fine line you toe. <laughs> Tarantino speaking for minorities yeah. from moment one and still going, speaking to minorities and making them do karate. It's amazing. <laughs> I, uh,. I w- I'm still not. I one of the. I'm still so uncomfortable with some of the things that he does to women in this movie. That's like my, <laughs> like you guys were talking about how much you like that scene with Eli Roth, and like I can't. That scene is so hard for me to watch. Like mm. one, because he's such a bad actor, and two, and two, because it's like it, like the things that they're saying are like so over the top. Like I know it's supposed to be a commentary on that. But it's so over the top. That's it, how like, bros talked in those it, kinds of no, movies. No, bro, I feel like I... bros have never talked that way. Oh, in. When you watch Maybe a movie those made movies, in the 70s yeah. like that, that was made because those two bros are the dudes who wrote the movie and right. can say whatever they want, that it's pretty I dead on. That. It has a modern sheen, and it's uh. weird because Eli Roth isn't a very good actor, yeah. and the other guy is actually pretty all right. Yeah. And so it plays weird. But what I like about that is that these are the two characters that you go, fucking kill these guys. Yeah. And they're the only ones that make it. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. And it's because these women didn't want them at the shore house for the weekend right. or the lake house, wherever it was they're going, that for that reason, they are spared. Yeah. And it's it's wild. 
I don't know what weird. the commentary yeah, is yeah, there, yeah, but so wait, they why are don't you like that though? Like, why does that make you so uncomfortable? I don't. I see. I don't even like the idea that like, oh, that's a, that's a commentary on it because at one point there were guys actually like this making these movies that wanted to put themselves in it and be able to say whatever they wanted about women. Right. I hate the idea that there was ever anybody like I don't. I don't like it. I it's hate awful that. what yeah. comes out of their mouth. Uh, it's absolutely it. awful. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I just like I've been next to that drunk like conversation before. I never have. That's the thing. I legitimately never have, and I'm so unconvinced that there were ever like truly not ever, but like that there was so widespread that there are people like this out there that we have to like be making a commentary on it. Where it stems from the same thing that um, tits are a staple in slasher movies. Yeah. Why? Because back in the uh, you know back in the 70s and 80s when Michael Myers was killing people and Jason was killing people and there was Terror Train and there was Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. The two things they had were knives and boobs. That was the thing. Yeah. And because it appealed to the guys going to the movies. Yeah. And so to have, you know, things like the Bechdel test and things like, mm -hmm. you know, strong women characters in movies, that's a really new idea. Yeah. Uh, over the big picture of the long story mm -hmm. of film, that's a relatively new idea. Yeah. And, uh, so that that's a remnant of that. Yeah, in I know. In the 70s, there wasn't a single woman that was like, oh, we're going to go watch Chainsaw Babes Unleashed in prison, you yeah, know, whatever yeah. that movie is. But the dudes are going to go see it yeah. because they know it's going to deliver on some things. So when they go see that and two guys are like, yeah, let's get some buttery nipple shots. And what does he say? <laughs> She'll suck my banana. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> definitely parodical, but that's definitely the mindset of that yeah. audience member. And. It is still gut wrenching to hear because it, it, I hate that weird. audience member. I hate those <laughs> yeah, two guys. Right. I fucking oh god, I hated that. It's brutal. Yeah. What's interesting is that I was listening to the soundtrack today, and that was one of the sound bites that yeah. was put that was picked for the official soundtrack. And I wonder what why. Which is ridiculous. It was there to make me laugh and to make you cringe. That yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I do not like that at all. Eli Roth is a pretty exceptionally rough uh, actor to watch. He's not actor. convincing, and it's no. a shame because I think he's a pretty fantastic filmmaker. Yeah. But. Oh, he's bad. I do not like him. I guess he's not awful in um <laughs> in Inglorious Bastards. He's not I the most convincing. I don't like him in that either. It, it grew on me. It was a little awkward yeah. at first, but I, his second scene in Inglorious Bastards, the second big scene when they're actually about to kill Hitler. Yeah. And he's got the the bullet glove. Oh, I do like that. And I love the whole exchange where he's like, "Can you make it to blah 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 in three yeah, steps?" Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, "Yeah, I have to." Yeah. And they have a good rapport, but yeah. uh. When he's doing the, you get that for Killer Juice? Yeah. It's <laughs> that a really weird. Fucking, uh, I, yeah, I do not. He did his Mark Wahlberg impression. And you know, that was supposed to be Adam <laughs> Sandler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For yeah. years, that was Adam yeah. Sandler. Which I would have loved to have seen him do that baseball bat scene. <laughs> I'm the bad Jew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Adam Sandler in Inglourious Bastards. And then Bridget Von Hammer's Mark would just be Adam Sandler in drag. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, God. Adam Sandler would just be Adam Sandler. Yeah, drag. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way that works. Uh, well, I think I mean to me this qualifies as a movie. Movie uh, one for the stunt at the end. You you can't there, you cannot. Uh, there, I feel like there's no watching that scene and being like, uh, yeah, this is all right. You know what I mean? Like I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know how you I don't know how anybody that didn't like this movie could you at least be impressed could argue that that scene is not like really impressive filmmaking mm -hmm. uh and and alone that should qualify it as a movie movie because that's like that i mean that's why we watch movies right so we can see things like th when are car chases happening they're oh, not never. 
Car yeah. chases are not a thing that are happening, like, ever. Uh, and you get to see, like, w- like an incredible car chase, which is, like, a su- it's weird, but it is something we, like, as people are, for some reason, fascinated with. These, like, vehicles that we designed and built and conceived of how to, like, give us, like, greater speed over larger amounts of terrain like smashing them together and like making them chase each other yeah like paying it's for like, demolition derbies yeah it's, it's like, like why it's, nascar why yeah i don't know why but it's so fascinating car to crashes us. why it's just a, it's a gradual amping up yeah you know there's nothing more exciting than a chase yep. oh man let's put them on roller skates yeah. oh man let's put them on a bicycle yeah let's throw them in a car you know yeah. and it just gets bigger and bigger it's, you know, everyone uh, loves a good car chase yeah, it's I don't know what it is, but we love car chases, and oh, that yeah. uh, it, that is a, a great one. But then on top of that, you just the the movie is so it's weird. It's so sure in the way that it's made and designed and put together. Uh, even though the whole point is it's supposed to look like something that was just like fucking thrown together over oh, yeah. a weekend. You know what I mean? Well, there there is an interview where Tarantino admits he says that he he feels quote unquote. That he tweaked it too much, but he's oh, still proud of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and I think that goes to a lot of the times when we were watching it. I think we all commented yeah. on how it looks gritty, it looks raw, until suddenly it doesn't. Yeah. Because he's too good of a filmmaker yeah. to fuck that up. And yeah. there's a shot that's just an ounce too sleek. Yeah. Or it has, you know, it's very clearly a, a modern camera. Yes. And it doesn't really betray the film no. at all, but it is noticeable. Yeah. And so in terms of him fulfilling his intentions, it's almost as if he knew too much for his own good yeah. and, and came in at 99% because he was just too fucking good for it. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's, what a problem to have. Th- I know. There's like a couple <laughs> of shots in particular where it's like, oh, I've, like, I remember now that I'm watching like a filmmaker make a movie. Mm. I'm not watching like some shithead try and just throw something together because he's, you know, he, he was able to like film this great car chase, mm. which is what the movie yeah. is supposed to look like. Maybe that's you know? the opposite, though, that like when he was thinking so much, he was able to make those gritty, gritty moments because he knows so much about the genre. Yeah. And then when he was just like, yeah, fuck it, this scene is going to yeah, look right. cool. Yeah. It goes into Tarantino mode where you're like, fuck, that's so good, though. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He, he just went back to your rules. own. Yeah. yeah. Like, you went into your old tricks, so it seems much slicker. But, Mm -hmm. like, when you were actually analyzing every scene and every moment of the piece, that's when it was in the grindhouse feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah. I do find Uh, the, like... He's too talented. Yeah, (laughs) essentially, yeah. And when you stop thinking, you go back into your old tricks. Yeah, 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 yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. It's when his confidence really came through. It's almost like, ah, I'm out of ideas. Let's just finish this movie. And it's like, oh, you forgot you're brilliant. Let's just <laughs> yeah. finish right. this movie as akin to saying, let's make a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> that I do find the choice to go black and white in the middle and then like really sleek production for the second story odd. Like, it's, I do it's too. It's odd. And when it first cuts to black and white, it's jarring in a way. Yeah. And uh, it's... It's interesting, but then when it cuts back to color, it's this weird breath of life. Yes, I agree. And and so it kind of goes both ways. But I that's one thing that as many of these old movies that he's riffing on that I've seen, I don't necessarily get what he's referencing. Right. Short of just, eh, it's a movie. Yeah. Because like, I know about making stuff black and white and fucking with the color yeah. in order to yeah. dim the blood and, yeah. and lower yeah. your rating. Yeah. But this is literally just a, a rather funny scene with the yeah. foot lick. Yeah. And, um, right. But that's all it is. Yeah. And I at least I've never been in an experience where I've seen a movie where they just suddenly only have right. black and white film stock. Right. Uh, the only thing I could say is perhaps 
it's it's made to make it look like the projection fucked up. Right. But I, I don't really know. But there's no like projection jumps or anything like that. Yeah, in it either. yeah. It's, it's just, just a quick clip. It yeah. almost seems digital. Yeah. You know, it's, Is which, it you know, was. it's hyper like HD looking compared yeah. to mm. the film we were just watching. Yeah, that yeah, cuz he he goes to such great pains in the first story to like really make it look like a grainy old movie. Mm-hmm. Now that is done I mean it's all done with digital effects right. uh, in post, but he goes to great lengths to make it look like a grainy old movie. Then does a black and white sequence for like 5 minutes where we lose all of like that Kind of and like, there's no consistency errors in it, which right. is so. That's what I mean. Like he loses that immediately, the and then half. it just all of a sudden is like a very slick production. Yeah, that's why I don't really like the second half as much as yeah. I like the first. What's half weird though is once he gets to the car chase, even though it's still in that slick modern production, it does look more like a '70s car. It looks yeah, like totally. a '70s car chase. I think that has a lot it's to say with they're like, both old cars. Yeah. And the setting of, of farmland yes. suggests that. I mean, yeah. I, I can't tell you a movie made in the last 15 years that wasn't a chase through a city. That's what I was just you saying. Know, yeah. yeah. So it's it. I think that really suggests it. I mean, she's still got the bright pink on. Yep. You know, they're still riding in. The, well, no, they don't have the pussy wagon at that point. They have the old car. They have the uh, the, van, it's, the v- v- you know, vanishing it's definitely car, different. Yeah. yeah. Oops, sorry. That's, uh, I've never seen Vanishing Point, which I know is like obviously a huge reference for this movie. And I've, I've never seen that. It's good. Yeah. He's good. So but uh, I think better Blowout. Blowout's a great yeah. movie, and they use the score from Blowout. Yes. In The Strangest Thing, um, one thing that I thought was very interesting that Tarantino did, at least to suggest that even though this is supposed to look old, it's definitely happening somewhat now, is there's 150 shots of texts being sent yes. on phones. So that's very you know a very modern thing. You know what's interesting? But that's where they used Blowout phones. was just in a texting montage. Yeah. They used the Blowout score. Well, one of the interesting things, too, is, and this is definitely a commentary just on this kind of movie, is how many loose plot threads there are by the end of this movie. Absolutely. Almost everything. Where is that guy she's texting? Who is that guy Who is she's he? texting? Chris Simmons or whatever his yeah. name is. Like. Yeah, Chris Simonson. <laughs> yep. it's, it, there's so many unfulfilled like little loose plot threads in both stories throughout the, throughout the movie. Well, that's a result of, uh, once again, back in the, the, the Grindhouse movies of the era, is because they would have like, ah, oh, we have a set piece. Let's build a movie yep. around it. Then they'd turn in this movie that's just excessive and indulgent. Yep. And then whoever was producing it or whoever was releasing it was saying, 20 minutes got to yep. go. That. So they would just Clip rank that. their yep. plot points and go, these are the least necessary. Boom. Yep. So we never get back to the cheerleader yep. because... Honestly, do we really need to see them explaining to that guy why the car's broken and all that? No, I don't care about that. I just want to know that that girl was safe. That was like, I hate the way they left. But there's certainly uh, in every movie from from the. 70s underground era yeah. there's always a uh, a feeling of not everybody on this set was taken care of properly right. yes yeah and so it's you know oftentimes an actor would just leave or would get hired in a, a, a much higher paying pornography film and right. so they'd leave the set or they'd fucking die because yep. the stuntman ran them over with a motorcycle <laughs> yeah. whoops but we still have a thousand dollars left let's finish this movie yep and so plot plot points would just have to go yeah that's you know, I, just, I do uh, like that i think that's like an interesting choice i think like, he did that on, like i don't yeah. think he, oh, ever, he definitely did he that on ever purpose. wrote those no. scenes it was probably just oh this will be perfect yeah. we'll just leave her dangling and yep. and shut up go home yeah yeah i think that's uh, I, I like that choice it's it's very interesting uh, it's funny it's comical yeah it's very comical i mean she does seem to be in danger 
but the hick that they leave her with doesn't come off as a creepy rapist. He comes off as a jovial. Like, I don't know. He doesn't come off as that. too much. Yeah. He's played as creepy a creepy rapist. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a creepy rapist. No, but he's as cartoony. To a funny and he's one of those cartoony rapists. Yeah, well, you know. Not even necessarily rapist. Like he plays like a foghorn leghorn, where it's just it almost doesn't seem real. Your friendly neighborhood. And she also plays as like she's a bit of a tough girl. They yeah. all are. Yeah. And so I'm not saying she's okay. In fact. I'll go and say she's probably not. Yeah. But I, I don't think that it's an oppressive thing because uh, it's, it's no. played so jovially to me. I don't, that, like that, uh, I don't know. It's her no. face to his crotch. And, is the yeah, final I was going to say that's the other thing her, is that so. the last time you see her crotch, is an extremely suggestive it's shot. But he's comically humping his hips while she's sitting there on the right side of the screen, no, just like, like kind of bored. Like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? No, it, yeah. I, I, I don't know I about that. Like that yeah. I think it's played for humor more than it's played for shock. <laughs> that is a terrible oh, totally, joke. Totally, but... Oh, I think it's a great joke. It's <laughs> no. very funny. No. Uh, I, um, we'll have to agree to disagree. I, uh, that is so played for humor. I hate Let's the idea. Let's say it's even the music played for humor, but played, like, she circus-y. still isn't safe. <laughs> I, ju- I just want to say... Oh, no, I, she's definitely not safe. That's what that's my point. I I, I could n- I real and I sound like a douche saying this, but like I don't think implying rape is really ever something I'm gonna find. Funny. How does that make you sound like a douche uh, to speak I'm out against rape? It's okay. Funny. <laughs> never gonna find that funny. It's okay. Not everybody's into rape. Everyone's different. You know? Yeah. It's okay, man. <laughs> um, no, I I I uh, when you think about the connotation of it, I agree. It's definitely yeah. not funny. But I, when I take it on surface that's value, I, I think it's played for for humor. But at the same time, like I said, there's a feeling of danger amongst yeah. all these Grindhouse films because you know they were made by shitty people oh, yeah, who yeah. suddenly had some money and yeah. thought, oh, I like karate, let's make a movie. Yeah. And it's dangerous. It's scary. I like karate, let's make a movie. The, th- at the last, uh, I went to an Exhumed Films event a couple weeks back, yeah. and the first movie they played was called uh, uh, The Eagle's Shadow, and it had Jackie Chan in mm-hmm. it. He was probably like 16, 17 years old. It was directed by Yuen Po Wing. The guy who did all the Iron Monkey movies, yep. he choreographed The Matrix, he defined what modern martial arts mm-hmm. essentially looks like. And there's a scene in it where a real cobra and a real kitty cat get in a fight. And it's clear that they just threw a cat and a cobra in a room with a camera and just let it go. <laughs> and then like at this, like at different parts of the movie, the cat is played by a different cat. So we can assume that that cat was <laughs> eaten by a, a rattlesnake. Jesus Christ. And, uh, but at so the same time, this was, this was fucking Japan in 1960. Mm-hmm. There was no PETA. There was none of that. So we just assume. And so as we're watching it, we're all laughing going, oh, my God, this is insane. But we're all somber like that cat got eight. <laughs> you know, it really did it yeah. absolutely did and so there is that air of of reckless danger amongst yeah. them and i think that promotes it but no i mean rape is not funny <laughs> so i will i will throw that out there i don't yeah i don't like the idea of making that the joke uh that's a great way to end uh <laughs> <laughs> is it <laughs> um well i, I want to talk about this uh I think that there's a lot of harsh judgment for this film. I agree. And I think it's because of the way it was packaged, mm-hmm. which to me is a success. I thought it was a fun time at the yeah, movies. Yeah, me too. But I can see why it failed in the mainstream, mm-hmm. um, mostly because people are stupid. No, I, I think it's a, it's a package strange. And one of the arguments that I always hear is perhaps if Death Proof was on first yeah. and then Planet Terror was on second, it would have been received better. And my knee-jerk reaction is to say yes the mainstream would have received it better but right. the more i think about it i i don't think that's true no uh, I'm, I'm not positive how that would work instead of of 
the whole, oh, man, Planet Terror was crazy and Death Proof was kind of okay. You get people that were like, oh, the movie was so boring. And then finally something happened right before the whole thing ended. Yeah, yeah. And so it's that hater mentality yeah. that I think is there. So I don't know if that would have benefited the, the film. But even if it did, I think the statement would have been softened. Yeah, I agree. Um, I liked it in terms of here's the opening act. Mm-hmm. Here's the headliner. Yep. Let's show a guy who kind of knows Grindhouse, who's learned about it. Let's have him make a movie. And let's get a guy who lives and breathes it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And have him make a movie. And so it plays in that way of a showcase. Was, and, and I like that. It was also two distinctly different kinds of Grindhouse. Oh, I absolutely. Thought. And I actually thought... Um, Rodriguez's was a little more of a throw to like the late seventies, early eighties. Oh, definitely. House, whereas Tarantino's was much more like a late sixties, early seventies uh, grindhouse. Absolutely, hundred um, percent. So they they were definitely like doing different things. I think, mm-hmm. and I I think maybe objectively Rodriguez's is a little more entertaining by virtue of the fact that it is just like a like huge bombastic throw everything at the fucking wall oh, Tarantino's balls fiction. melt off like, yeah exactly. <laughs> there's a girl with a machine gun for which a is leg. awesome but yeah. like but that's what i mean they're like throwing everything yeah. at the wall so well, it's like, science fiction too or death yeah. proof like could happen i guess so right like yeah. Somewhere. realistic yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I just I think uh, you know the Death Proof is playing at something very different uh, than, Absolutely. than Planet Terror is, uh, but I actually think is just as entertaining. It's just you know it's not uh, bombastic uh, Transformer style entertainment mm-hmm. like like Planet Terror is. Not to compare that to Transformers, that was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, say that's that's rough. It was a little ridiculous. Planet Terror is much better than the Transformers. <laughs> yes, it it's yeah. Very much better. I agree. I actually, I loved Planet Terror. I thought it was a ton Oh, I think so, too. It's great. Yeah, I, I like this it. is not yeah. to knock Planet Terror yeah. at all. It's a ton um, it, it, And that's an, it's it's almost like an apples-oranges thing. Yeah, I can't. Just because one's I hate a sci-fi people have the, kind of I thing. I can't believe yeah. people have that opinion because the whole point of, like, a great double feature is to get, like, two of the same that are completely different flavors. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's 100% the point. Yeah, like, I wouldn't have wanted to have seen another Planet Terror after watching Planet Terror. Mm. Like, I'm really glad that I got something that was, like, wholly different. It would have been numbing But to, totally to watch it again. felt like it fit in with that other movie. Like, it was paired well with that other movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I saw a double feature once. It was, uh, they, they did a uh, inflatable drive-in at Eakin's Circle up oh, cool. at the uh, art museum. Mm-hmm. And so they were doing double features all summer, and they were all thematically linked. And so the one that I went to started with Greece and ended with the blob. Mm. And it was wild because in Greece, they go to a drive through mm-hmm. and watch the blob. Yep. So they were linked, but they right. were totally opposite. Yep. You know, one is Greece and one Greece. is just this shitty 50s horror movie. Yeah. But it was a great night at the movies. But they also did. Uh, I think they did. Um, uh, what's the the killer car movie? Oh, Christine. Christine. They did yeah. Christine and. Uh, I want to say Bullet, but oh, it was just a car chase movie, but right. the link was cars, but yeah. you get a little bit of both. That's awesome stuff. That is cool. You know, and it was, uh, that, that's, I, I love the capture that double feature. Yeah, oh, man, yeah, I think they did too. That's, uh, that's, uh, I, I agree. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I, 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 I love that we talked about this movie of all of his movies. That's Absolutely. like my, I, cause I, I do, the I mean, it's been talked out to tell you the truth. And his movies are just, they're movie movies. There's no, I mean, you could, it doesn't put Tarantino's name in front of something and I know it's going to be a movie. movie. Oh, he's a brand. He's yeah. definitely a brand. Yeah. And I know it's going to be a movie movie. That's what he does. Uh, in fact, his movies may, you could make an argument. They're the best examples of movie movies. Absolutely. Right? Um, but I, I think they're movies that are made with the intention of being movie exactly. movies almost. Exactly. You know, he has that. 
Yeah. Uh, but I think that this one in particular, I understand why it's not as well liked, but I don't understand why anybody would argue that it's like any less of a movie than some of his other films. You know? Oh, yeah. I think there, there's an odd ratio of quote-unquote action to dialogue. Yeah. But I think that it's if you were to, to, to you know, bust down that fraction, reduce it, and spread it out amongst mm-hmm. a three-hour movie like Inglorious Bastards, I bet the ratio holds. I would agree. But because the pacing's different. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I hate is uh, when people dismiss a movie based on just the final shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a movie that, uh, much because of the reason that they left plot threads left undone, when it just says the end and then it cuts yeah. to the alternate sequence, you know, that is definitely making a statement, making a joke, doing whatever it is that it's doing. Yeah. But so many people react to that and go, the movie sucked. Yeah. Uh, I had my old roommate. We watched uh, No Country for Old Men together. Mm-hmm. Never seen someone more riveted by a movie. Yeah. Then at the end, it it ends after a non-action scene, mm-hmm. after a short internalized monologue by uh, Tommy Lee Jones, and then it just cuts credits silently. And everybody in the room goes, the movie was fucking garbage. Yeah. And I'm like, you loved the first, you know, one hour and 59 minutes, that last minute you didn't like. There's no way that that's garbage. So I think a lot of the hatred for this, my point is that it's it's knee jerk. It's yeah. it's ugh, it didn't do what I really expected it to do, so now I hate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's weird. I'm not into that. I'm not into that that mentality. I, I agree with you. That's I mean that uh, we've talked about this before, but I hated that everybody hated Lost after they watched the last episode. Yeah, it's like oh it, oh, it only entertained lo- you for the better part of a decade, yeah, and yeah, now yeah. you're pissed at an hour. Yeah, exactly. Suck, suck it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, Take a leak. <laughs> so that that's a quote from No Holds Barred. Uh, the <laughs> boss tells one of the secretaries, she's like, I have this idea. And he's like, that's a bad idea. Take a leak. <laughs> and she leaves. I think that's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> Take a leak. It's probably the same way that people don't like foreign movies because they're boring because it's a lot of talking and like right. they, oh, yeah. they have to read. Oh, the rage against lazy. subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as someone's like, I don't do subtitles. I'm like, that's weird because I don't do our friendship anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I can't do it. But it's probably the same way where it's like, oh, it's just, I mean, yeah, the action scenes were like totally cool, but God, they talked a lot. It's like, yeah. Yep, because that's yeah. the kind of movie it is. And if is. they talked any less, <laughs> you would have been like, well, it was all action, but I didn't care about the characters. Yes. Right. <laughs> exactly. I think it's uh, it's definitely a movie movie. Oh, yeah. I think that uh, it's a really good showcase for using dialogue. Yes. Which is essentially meaningless dialogue to fill time in an entertaining way. Yeah. Uh, if you open yourself up to the idea of what it is as a novelty project, yeah. I think it really succeeds. Um, I, I had a discussion with one of my buddies uh Back in the day, he said that Tarantino made a certain amount of movies. And I said, no, you forgot about Death Proof. And he goes, well, it's not like really one of his movies. And I said, no, it's a fucking full-length movie. Movies, yeah. It was an experimental piece of a project. But it is also a full-length movie. Yeah. But I think that that's generally the mentality. I agree. And it's almost positive to think of it that way. Yes. Uh, because, yeah, you go out and you grab your Oscars with your Django's yeah. and your Inglorious <laughs> Bastards. You build your career on Reservoir Dogs yeah. and Pulp Fiction. But, like... Death Proof is just him having fun. It's like an exercise. Yeah, it's an exercise. Yeah. It's him just flexing a new muscle, and yeah. I, I think we're better for it. And yeah. I think his filmography is better for it. Yeah. To hate on it, it just seems wasteful. Yeah. Especially because at the end of the day, it is very joyous and entertaining. Oh, and yeah. A lot of fun to watch. Yeah. So th- that's a win. Her fucking hanging around on the front of that car through that whole chase sequence is, is <laughs> thrilling. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. It's terrifying. Even. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely scary. You feel like you're there. Yeah. Um, I hate when I see uh, 
I hate when I see action sequences where you just you pick which color scheme you want to win and hope that it does by the time the gear mashing's over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, know, you see that in the earlier Fast and Furious movies. You see that in the Transformers where you're like, yeah. well, I know I'm rooting for blue metal, and red metal has to die. <laughs> so I'm just going to watch as the blue and red metal run into each other to this sweet techno soundtrack yeah. and hope that at the end of it all, the blue metal's still rolling. Yeah. And <laughs> you don't have that anymore. And uh, I, I think that the sweeping scope of this very small localized action sequence is an interesting lens to eliminate that. It's clear who the good guys are. It's clear who the bad guys are. Your eye is guided to every point of the shot that it's supposed to be. I mean, it is visual poetry. And whether you like the movie surrounding it is irrelevant because it really exists for this. Yeah. And, and it, it it's just awesome. It's impressive mm -hmm. from a filmmaker standpoint, from a fucking stunt stunt woman standpoint from a, a lighting standpoint from a soundtrack standpoint from a sound editing standpoint all the way down to the acting there's really every ounce of it is is it cranked up to 150 percent and it still feels real it's yeah. it's unreal <laughs> i love it it's a movie movie sorry am i ranting I'm no going, it's I'm perfect going nuts. <laughs> I mean, we needed we, we needed a good out and i think that was it uh, yeah. a nice rant about why this is a perfect <laughs> entry into the i never know how to say this word Oh, au revoir, au revoir, au revoir. Anybody? What I just say can. Au revoir. O u v r e. I don't know if that's the right word. The oov. Yeah. Um, but oov is more of a. Hmm. Whereas uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Uh, uh. Eh, whatever. <laughs> I would say it's just uh, when it comes to films that are in the canon of Tarantino's, there's not a single one that I'd cut out. Right. And a lot of people, I think, would disagree and would cite that this one's there. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I think that not only is it welcome, I think it's essential. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's definitely part of it. it. Honestly, it's like him making the, like, even more so than any of his other movies, it's him making the kind of movie that influenced him to make movies. Exactly. I, I find um one of the a hardest times I have. Yeah. What was that? A love letter to the movies that he loves. Exactly. That's exactly mm -hmm. what it is. When I see a good remake or even a bad remake, it's always a bittersweet thing because I don't really dig on remakes unless the original right. was bad but had right. a good concept. But every once in a while, I'll see a remake and go, this is interesting because it's good enough and it's going to get people into the original. Right. And when that happens, it's a beautiful thing. And I think that Tarantino was just kind of opening the door saying, there's a lot of shitty garbage that isn't. And you should really check it out because that's where I came from. And I know that after I watched Grindhouse, I went and schooled myself on on movies like this just because yeah. it was it, it it seemed fun and it was and fascinated that, by it. Yeah, exactly. Whereas before Death Proof, I might have looked at it and been like, "This is stupid." Well, it's also now, like, like you, this is gloriously stupid. Well, and it's also like I feel like our generation is like we we definitely have seen B movies. Like we all are familiar with Mad Max. I feel like, but we B movie, but with we Jerry like Seinfeld. yeah, mm -hmm. but we like we grew up with with things like Mad Max. So like, we don't like to us, that's just a movie. That's not like a kind of movie or like a particularly bad kind of movie or particularly this kind of movie. Mm. It was like death proof reminded me that like, Oh my God, I've been watching movies like this my whole life. And I just kind of like, didn't know it. It's mm. like, I, I ended I ended up doing the same thing, which was like investigating more of like these kinds of movies and like trying to figure out like, what have I seen of this? What haven't I, you know what I mean? And even things that aren't of that genre, you go, Holy shit. I see the influence. Exactly. It's, it's all over. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, well let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Uh, I've got some negative reviews perfect. ready to rock. Let's do it. Um, first, I just want anyone want to take a guess as to what the Rotten Tomato score is of, Rotten, oh, of uh, wow. Death Proof? Uh, because I, I don't think I could have guessed it. Okay, but uh, it does make sense in terms of the way it's viewed. Sure. Seventy six. All right. 
I'm going to say 62. Let me do the math. 67. 67? Yep, okay. so you, you got it. Yeah. Um, 67. And that seems about right. Most of the, uh, most of the, like, here's a good positive view. It says, as an anomaly, a curio, even as half a movie, it's a winner. As a standalone feature, it struggles to stand up to close scrutiny, mm-hmm. which was its intention. I, yeah, I, think. I was going to yeah, say, so. I, I feel like, it, again, that's still just it fulfilling what it was set Now, here's to do. a positive review that's just exactly what I feel about it. Death Proof doesn't simply comment on its genre inspirations. It adds to their very legacy. Yeah. And I think that was what we were just yes. discussing. yes. And now, um, now here we go. This this is uh, interesting. This is a negative review. Uh, the problem for Tarantino in Death Proof is that the girl talk that occupies so much of the running time is anything but true to the culture 50 years ago. The setting is contempo, but the movie style is period. Yeah. Well, it, it took place present day. Yeah. So he's an idiot. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I feel like it was just trying to take on the stylistic tropes of, exactly. of movies of that era. Uh, it wasn't necessarily... I don't think there was ever a moment where he was trying to pass it off like these people existed yeah. in the same time. That oh, no, saying it in the way yeah. that they would say it, but not saying anything they would say. Right, in right, that right. Time exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and even just like the whole idea of it being like, oh, they're they're stunt women who work on movies, and they found these old cars. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, it's, yeah it's, exactly. It's so yeah, much. Yeah. Um, so right here, though, this is a <laughs> negative review that that stings a little bit. The dialogue with which Tarantino is usually adept is disastrously clunky. Whoa. The filmmaking largely without flair and even the aping of the smears and scratches of the schlock originals seems ridiculous. Hmm. See, I forgive the clunkiness of any dialogue in it, though, because I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. I didn't find it to be clunky. I didn't think it was clunky. Like, clunky wouldn't be the yeah. word. Perhaps too much of it, it's, you know, might I mean, be a, a valid it, thing. But I, it's I, not just that, excessive; it's excessively pointless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that I would imagine in Tarantino's mind, and again, I, I'm often like I'm okay with things as long as they seem like they're fulfilling what they're setting out to do. I feel like in his mind, like he totally knew that he knew this was all superfluous. Right. Mm. Uh, he, but it's exactly what you've been saying the whole time, Dan, which is just like, no, when they made these movies, they shot a great car chase. chase Realized they had about ten good minutes. The, you know that that car chase was great if they whittled it down to these ten minutes. And now they've got to find eighty other minutes of movie oh, yeah. to get us to that car chase. So like, yeah, it's going to be superfluous. Let's try and make that as entertaining and watchable as possible. I and think I think he succeeded. totally succeeded at that. Um, for a sixty-seven percenter, most of these reviews are pretty damn positive. <laughs> um, I've got. Uh, how badass is it when like the all the takes of yeah. them getting wrecked <laughs> oh, I know. in the first half at the end of I know. it? That's a great That's choice to have four different. The yeah, they, they redo movie. it, it's and I love it's got section. the trigger too. Oh, right, the lights. So good. Yeah, and and that that is such a testament to what those movies were about. Yes. That's why the women wear tiny shorts yes. and why titties fly everywhere in all those old movies because, because when they, they crash and the crash ends, every dumb drunk bro in the crowd's like, that was crazy. I wish there was more blood and gore. So they just yeah. show it four times yeah. in a way that you can just see each individual gruesome, disgusting death. Yeah. But it's cool, too, because in that that half of the film, like all the things that made those women sexy are the things that get destroyed. Yes. Oh, so yeah. like. Uh, lady that we all liked, butterfly or whatever, her face like yeah. just gets 
wrecked. And oh like, yeah, foot girl gets wrecked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and the other oh and the other girl just flew down the road and yeah. did yeah. like ten flips in the air. That was uh, yeah. that's because we didn't know anything about her, so she just had to die yep. somehow. Yep. <laughs> and then um oh yeah the the kind of lesbian looking lady got just glass everywhere. Glass everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. And stuntman Mike just got a bigger continuation of his already existing scar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was his uh. That's uh, and that that's an interesting thing to me too is that he really is reckless to the point that he can end up in a hospital. Yeah, that's just part of it. Yep, part of it for him. But that it's all set up in a very specific way so that it looks like an accident. I actually i I did love the scene with the uh, with the cop, and I loved that it <laughs> they never came back to it because the point of the scene was that he had figured the whole fucking thing out, start to finish, every exact detail. With no evidence whatsoever that that no. was what had happened. Oh, yeah. In fact, he explains that all the evidence stacks up exactly against the <laughs> argument he's making. But he's nailed motive. But he's, nailed he's got all yeah. of it. He Absolutely. knows every ounce of it. And the end of it is just him being like, but I'm too fucking old to fucking put oh, yeah. time into that. And then we just never hear about it again. That's literally the entire plot of uh, No Country for Old Men. Yeah. He just goes, ah, fuck it. I can't do with this yep. anymore. Yep. And it's also the driving force behind Murtaugh's uh, yes. uh, non-retirements I'm in the Lethal Weapons series. <laughs> too old for this shit. Um, I, I think that... Uh, I lost my train of thought. I'm gone. Uh, any other uh, ex- exceedingly negative reviews? Uh, nothing's really... Uh, Nothing. It's it's all the same. Where it's just like, yeah, he just keeps talking, and then the car. It's just people up. shrugging their shoulders, basically. Yeah, it's. Well, then let's plug. Oh, I know what I was yeah. gonna say in in terms of the cop scene with with Michael Parks. Yeah. That that almost seems like one of those scenes where you would do a test audience with the Grindhouse movie, and then someone would be like, uh. Why didn't he go to jail? Yeah. And they were like, oh, that's good. Yeah. We didn't think about that because we were like so coked up when we wrote this. Yeah. So um, <laughs> called. Call the producer, get his other brother. We'll just dress him up as a cop and have him talk about it. Yeah, we'll just have him literally lay it out, too, so yeah. like, and we'll uh, just it'll negate be fine. it. It'll yeah. be fine. You know, and so and that often would happen where it was just like, ah, shit, we fucked up. All right, we'll just we'll just make more movie and fix it with someone talking about it. Mm-hmm. And so that that had that feel. Yeah. All uh, right, I, I think I'm death proofed out. I've, I I've got too. it all. Let's, uh, that was let's a great plug movie. This episode up. All right, um, uh, you got anything you've seen that you want to recommend? Or? Oh, right. What have I seen that I want to recommend? Hey, I'll recommend Kill Bill, Volume 1. Uh, actually, I would recommend both volumes of Kill Bill. It's my favorite Tarantino movie. I watched Volume 1 just two days ago and enjoyed it again for probably like the 30th time. Uh, definitely check it out if you never have. Right on. Got any movies to recommend or, or things you've seen recently that you'd like to share? Yeah, watch Black Dynamite. Ah. It's <laughs> awesome. I'm super into that movie. That movie yeah. is so fun. It's the That's best. That's actually a great recommendation and for, this episode. for this yeah. episode. Yeah. I, you know what? I'll I'll even give it this. I think it's actually succeeds much more than Death Proof does I at what both Death Proof and Black Dynamite are trying to do. Completely so? agree. Yeah. Because yes. I think Black Dynamite goes a little more for parody than recreation, but in terms of as parodies go, it's about as close to a recreation as you Get. I was gonna say it's Death one Proof of the doesn't better. Doesn't seem as parodical, although there are moments. Yeah, I I think that it totally succeeds as a parody for sure. To Black mm. Black Dynamite, I mean, uh, but I feel like way more than Death Proof, it also succeeds at being like actually being f- the like movie being like that. Oh, I believe that it was from yeah. that time. Yeah. Uh, there, there's nothing modern yeah. about it. Yeah. I mean, they it's I mean, it's even set in that time. I wouldn't know the difference if yeah. I didn't already know the that, difference. That's why yeah. I say I think it actually succeeds more than Death Proof does at being what it's sort of commenting on. Absolutely. It's I could best. agree with you there. Yeah. It is so funny. It's, it's, like, a, it's so hilarious. funny. Yeah. 
And it's it's insane how talented Michael J. White oh, is because he's not really in mainstream no. stuff. He's he's a Netflix Hollywood guy. Hey, if, he gets if there the was cool one. cue up his butt in a uh, Dark Knight. Right? Yes, he's he Gamble. Does, yes, yeah. he is, is that him? Yeah. Oh, right and he was Spawn. Yes, he Let's was. not talk about that one. We'll yeah. Yeah. Forget yeah. Um, my movie recommendation for this week is a movie that uh, you got to go see it in the theater. It's at most Ritz's right now. It's called Lock. Lock with Tom Hardy. Oh, you went to see that? Yes. Lock is is a weird movie because I, one of the reviews in the trailer said that it uh, I just broke the mic. Yeah. It redefines what it means to be cinematic. Yeah. And that resonated with me because I I wondered what that meant in yeah. terms of you know because we talk about when when comic books get adapted to movies what yeah. makes it more cinematic you know what what makes a movie less cinematic. All it is, 100% of this movie, there's literally nobody else in it but Tom Hardy, and he never leaves his car. Yeah. It's just him making phone calls on his Bluetooth headset and just acting, fucking acting. And it's, uh, the less you know going in, the better, because it's just one supremely stressful night in his life that he's got to get through, and he's trying to handle it with as much grace and dignity as possible. Yeah. And it's uh, for a movie that pushes. Uh, it's uh, it's not a long movie. It's maybe like an hour twenty five. Mm-hmm. But even that's a lot to ask for one person sitting in there. When I think back on my memory of this movie, it seems oh so cinematic. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel like like when I remind myself that it all took place with one guy in a car. I'm like that that doesn't seem right. There was more, but there's not. It is just that. And as an actor's piece, it's awesome. And if you can see it on the big screen, uh, I think that's where you'll really get the idea of of how cinematic it is despite being so minimalist but lock check it out it's it's cool awesome yeah highly recommendo let's uh plug this big news because i don't know if we even talked about it last this is, time this it's is the like, first it's time official uh july 17th you can come see movie movie live which is the live on stage uh game show adaptation of this podcast uh dan and i have been putting a lot of work into this over the last couple months uh, we have a couple finishing touches to make in the coming uh, month here, but we will be at Philomoca, at, uh, which is in uh, Philadelphia around 12th and Spring Garden. Uh, really great venue for what we're trying to do. It is a full-on game show co-hosted by me and Dan. Uh, we're going to have comedians as panelists. Uh, the audience is going to get to join into the games and be part of the big, big game at the end. Uh, there are prizes to be won from uh, local theaters and uh, video rental stores. You can believe that's still a thing. Uh, and uh, it's, <laughs> it's going to be a video. Yeah, it's oh. going to be super fun. We're very excited. You guys, uh, it's five dollars. It's going to have five dollars. You have five dollars to come. You've play got it. Come. A very fun game with Dan and I and a bunch of our comedian friends. Well, should we announce the lineup? Uh, We've got yeah, a good lineup. We've lineup. got Alejandro Morales. We got Kate Bamford and we got Alex Grubart. Yes. It's uh, a solid lineup. They are going to be playing for you. Yes. So the better they do and the better you do, the more prizes for everybody. But at the end of the day, even if you sit in the back quietly and don't participate, you're going to get a hell of a show. You have a great time. And uh, we just want to pack the house. Uh, this is the first show. This is yes. this is the test. Yep. So uh, we, we want to be able pl- to bring this to you monthly. That's right. The plan is to come back every third Thursday at Philomoca. Uh, we will come with a new genre of movie every month to do an entire game show dedicated to it. Absolutely. Uh, study begin- up. Study up. We're beginning with crime movies for the first episode. We're going to do crime movies. Uh, but then we're going to get some really exciting stuff as the months go on, like um, time travel movies. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, house party movies. That was one I thought of today. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. I like that one. Uh, it's, uh, 80s it's rape comedies. Okay. Do 80s, that's a big genre. Yeah. That really is a big genre. <laughs> um, it is surprising how many times that was like the plot do... of something at that time. 
Oh yeah, that was the whole thing was yep. just ah, oh, but ladies, rape. Yep. <laughs> burp, 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 beer, rape. Burp, burp, burp. That's all it was. Look, we did finish on a rape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. No, but definitely come out, Philomoke. It's gonna be awesome. Supported. Uh, we will be giving out tickets to other shows at Philomoke as well. Uh, you don't want to miss it. It's cheap. It's on a Thursday. What the hell else are you doing on a Thursday? Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. So come check us out. Uh, it's going to be called Movie Movie Live. We'll be doing that every month at Philomoca beginning July 17th. We want to see everybody there. $5. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at I Like 2 Movie. That's uh, I Like 2, the number 2 movie. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash I Like 2 Movie. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. That's with an F. Uh, you can come see my weekly uh, comedy show at uh, Medusa Lounge in uh, Center City, Philadelphia every Tuesday at 9 p.m. I think that's all I got. Beautiful. Oh, no. Check out my blog. Oh, I'm yeah. I've been doing this blog. Oh, this uh, is great, guys. You're going to love it. For like two or three weeks called uh, The Nexicon. Uh, check out thenexicon.tumblr.com. Uh, it is uh, suggested additions to your internet lexicon. Uh, I, I come up with a new acronym or initialism every morning <laughs> and uh, post it a loose definition for it and examples of usage. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Check it out. Thenexicon.tumblr.com. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Scully. You can check out my blog, thedanscully.tumblr.com. You can check out regretfulmorning.com. Uh, just became a Dan staff a writer, writer for them. Paid writer. Bit of bing. So check it out. It's a cracked ripoff, and uh, you'll love it. It's uh, <laughs> No, but it's a lot of fun, and uh, I, I like what I write, so maybe you will too. Uh, come uh, check out uh, uh, supercrappyfuntime.com for a link to my other show. Uh, Thursday, May 29th, I'll be at Puck in Doylestown. So uh, definitely come and check that out if you'd like. Open it for the uh, great Chris Cotton. I'm really lamenting the fact that the new Google Maps just puts dots on all of the holidays. So I'm like, ooh, a show? Oh, no, it's just Memorial Day. Oh, yeah, I hate uh, that. Wednesday the 4th, Chaos Comedy at Adobe Cafe, put on by a uh, good friend Jimmy Viola. Definitely, that that's a weird, awesome show, and I'll be honest. Oh, so come yeah, check yeah. that out. And then uh, the weekend of June 20th, I'll be working with the Panic Hour and N.A. Poe, former city council uh, candidate <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, former inmate to the federal penitentiary and yep. subject of federal detention the musical. Me and him are going to Wizard World Comic Con to uh, interview folks, mess with the cosplayers, and uh, distribute flyers for our show. So uh, I don't yeah, know if he yeah. knows that part, but that's what I'm doing. So yeah, come check it out. It's going to be a good time. Do you have anything you'd like to promote? Um, if you're into musical comedy and that's your thing, I'm in a show at uh, in Pittman, New Jersey in July. It's called Do Patent Leather Shoes Really Reflect Up? And it's good old Catholic school um, musical comedy for you. <laughs> Sex comedy. Hey. Nonsense. Mm, there you go. Nonsense. Sort of like nonsense, but with children. Is nonsense a thing? <laughs> it is a it thing. Is a thing. Really? There's two of them. And there's also uh, a sister act, the musical. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. It's in July. Beautiful. But go see movie, movie first. Yeah, 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 definitely. Don't go see your dumb show. Don't go see my dumb <laughs> show. <laughs> we'll make all. We'll make a trip of it. <laughs> you see what I'm doing? Uh, all right. So uh, we end the show the same way every time. Uh, and we're I'm getting pretty gonna, good at it. I'm not going to explain it to you. Just join in. You'll figure it out. I promise. It's uh, not too hard. It's not too easy. No, yeah, yeah, you'll love this. Uh, so uh, as 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 we say here every two weeks. When are we normally here? Every two yeah. weeks. Well, uh, bi-weekly. My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. My name is Jenna Kersey, and I like to movie movie. And we all know <laughs> that you like to movie movie. You do, you do. And we, we like, like to movie. movie. You did it. Good work. Did it.